0: Welcome to week one of Real Relationships. And I got so much content for today, so I'm just gonna jump right into it. This message is called Commitment Issues. It's called Real Relationships for a reason. Commitment Issues. So turn to somebody next to you and go, I know them when I see them, and and this is for you. Commitment Issues. You need a message called Commitment Issues. (laughs) Because we live in the digital age of social media where we show our best and we hide the rest. And because of that, we are all comparing our behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reels. And nowhere is this more true than in relationships. Even Instagram has this 60 second video feature called Reels. And to me, even the name Reel is kind of misleading a little bit because you see the Academy Award winning video of the wedding ceremony and everything's perfect, the bride's beautiful, look at the dress, oh my gosh, the cake, and of course it is, but you don't see the behind the scenes, you don't see the hot mess and the stress and the groomsmen that's not taking it serious and the mother of the bride who is yelling at the caterers because the chicken parm's not gluten free, you don't see any of that. You see the holiday hype and you see the reel of the four feet in the perfect sand with the perfect pedicures and and the I'm his and she's mine ankle tattoo that when you press them together, kind of go with each other. You see all of that, but you don't see the the fight they got in line at security at the airport or the two canceled Southwest flights. Is that too soon? You see see the new couple, the happy couple on the front porch of their brand new home holding up their brand new keys. Uh, He's got his arm around her and she's kissing him on the cheek with her leg kicked out and it's hashtag, so we did a thing. You see that, but you don't see, you don't see the behind the scenes. You don't see the shag carpet or the cracked foundation or the asbestos waiting to be found in the insulation just three years from now. You, you, you see the highlight reel, but you don't see the behind the scenes. And that's why there's a new app called Be Real that is sort of taking the social media world by storm right now. Who's on, who's on that, by the way? Most of Gen Z, who's on it right now while well, they're supposed to be taking notes in church? Tried to get you. If you don't know what Be Real is, here's a quick, uh, here's a quick description. Every day at a random time, the app, the app will prompt you with a push notification to take a double picture. It uses your front camera and your back camera to take a picture of what you're doing and how you look. And you only got two minutes to take the picture, which means you can't fake it and you can't stage it. You can't go put on makeup really quick. You can't grab a dumbbell to get a quick pump. You just gotta snap the pic and share it with the world, and it's blowing up right now, which tells me that in a world of filters, authenticity is trending. That people want real, and nowhere is this truer than in the world of relationships. The iPhone came out 2007, and so after 16 years of highlight reels, everybody's hungry and ready for some behind the scenes. It's time to get real about relationships, about the struggles of relationships. It's time to let God be real with you about his plans and his principles and his version of relationships he wants for you. I don't know if you just caught it when we read it, but God is fairly serious about your relationships, so much so it's the last thing Jesus prayed for before his crucifixion. Let's go back to two verses from John 17, 22 and 23 again. This is Jesus. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. And here it is again. For then the world will know. For then the world will know that you sent me and that you love them even as you have loved me. I find it interesting that Jesus doesn't pray for those who don't know him yet. He prays for the church that already does. Why? Because in any community, the hope of that community is the local church. Because his church is the world's hope. And specifically, Jesus prays for the relationships of his Followers that we might be one with each other as he is one with the father and the Holy Spirit because apparently that is how the world will know by our relationships when we win at relationships Christians we reflect the love of God to a dark world like a city on a hill. That because we know Jesus, our relationships should look different from the rest of the world, so much so that it demands an explanation from the world on the outside looking in. They should look at us and the way we love each other, our relationships, and see something different, it should make them wonder. We are called to live out love in front of a watching world. And one of the reasons I love our church is I think we are the perfect candidate for it because we're such imperfect people who just are are so good at being real, And I'm telling you, you do not wanna miss a week of this real relationship series that I think is gonna gonna surprise you a little bit. In the name of grace and truth. Realness in relationships, it it is a new generation with a new standard. It's a new day with a new demand. I'm tired of the algorithm, give me authenticity. And so today, I wanna go behind the scenes of commitment. Even I say that word and some of you just, ooh, you shudder. Commitment, behind the scenes of commitment because all of us have to some extent, it's a human thing, we're in this together, all of us have commitment issues to some extent. Wives, just watch your husbands the next time they're trying to pick a TV show on Netflix to watch and you will see commitment issues, okay? Better yet, Forget the TV show, just watch your husband try to pick a, a streaming service for the day. <laughs> Is it a Netflix day, a Hulu day, an ESPN Plus kind of day? Is it a Fox Sports kind of afternoon? Yes to that, by the way, today. I mean, I don't, you'll, you will see the fear of commitment in his eyes. We all have commitment issues. And husbands, just watch your wives the next time you ask them where they want to go eat dinner. You will see the fear of commitment, I'm telling you. I dedicate this joke to my wife. It's like in the notebook scene where Ryan Gosling's yelling at Rachel McAdams and he goes, just tell me what you want. And she's like, I don't know. He says, just what do you want? She's like, it's not that simple. That's us. Every time I'm like, babe, where do you wanna go for dinner? So here's what I do now, just a pro tip. I just ask Sam, I say, hey, guess where I'm about to take you. And I take her to her first guess, and everybody wins. Pro tip, because she already knows. Ladies, you already know where you want to go. It's committing to a decision. That's the problem. (laughs) We all have commitment issues to some extent. And if God's infinite grace makes endless space for us to get real about the struggles, then let's get real about the struggles. Because I just got to say this right away. Regardless of who you are, you are not as alone as you might think you are sitting in your chair today. This is so the same boat, you guys, in this together. You know, the Bible was, the first two chapters of the Bible is when everything's awesome, and then from that moment on, 99.8% of your Bible is all basically just, here's now, like we, we should never have needed relationship series to tell us how to thrive in relationships. But because sin enters the world, we're all fragmented people, and we need the real talk about this. You are not as alone as you think you are, whether you are single or dating or want to stay single or want to be married or engaged or married or divorced or widowed or struggling or thriving or anything in between. I'm telling you, welcome to Red Rocks. There are no second class citizens at this church. And regardless of your past, God wants you to win at love from this day forward. He wants you to thrive in relationships. Let this series be your BCAD moment in your life in doing relationships his way. Deuteronomy 429 says this, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. I love that phrase, but if from there. So I don't know where you are, but if from there. I don't know how many marriages, but if from there. GBB, I don't know how many past mistakes and failures, but I do know the only interest God has in your past is redeeming it so he can use it moving forward. And if from here you seek him with all your heart and all your soul, he has such good plans in store for you. So with that said, let's go behind the scenes on the commitment highlight reel. Commitment issues, here we go. Behind the happiness is a lot of hard work please don't be fooled happiness is hard happiness takes hard work contrary to what the world might say happiness is not finding the right person happiness is being the right person happy relationships are made of healthy individuals when it comes to love whether romantic or friendship whatever it is you will get what you give If you show up to your group as a community consumer, only looking for what you can get and take, it will always seem like you are leaking love from your life. But when you make the transition to becoming a community cultivator and now you show up looking for something, you're looking to give something and, and contribute something. I'm gonna stop auditioning and start contributing because I'm worth it and I've got something to give. And once you start pouring into other people, that's when you notice your cup of belonging starts overflowing because God's pouring into yours. You will get what you, what you give. Real relationships take work. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of hard work. If your marriage isn't working, are you? And I don't know you, but I do know this, that if your marriage is working, the only reason it is working is because you are working really hard at it. Marriage is, is, is hard work. If you're married for 30 years, or two months, or engaged, or wanting to be married, or whatever it is, this is a word for all of us, you better be ready to go to work. You better be ready to go to work. I've got two small kids at home right now and days off are the best days of the week, but they're not days off. Being a dad is hard work. Being a husband is hard work. My family is my favorite thing in the entire world, but my entire drive home from my day job, I'm not kidding. I am getting myself hyped up to go to my real job. As soon as I get home, I clock into my real job. I gotta get on the floor and play Spider-Man for an hour without stretching first, big mistake. I gotta, I gotta find the 50 Cheerios mashed into the carpet. I gotta make dinner and somehow get these kids to, to just take a bite of something healthy. My wife and I, we have to sit down on the couch at, when the kids are in bed and have that difficult and vulnerable, challenging conversation when we would way rather just watch TV on the same couch as each other. The high and the happiness is, don't be fooled by my Instagram. Behind the happiness is a lot of hard work. Behind the romance that you see on the reel is something called reality. Regardless of rom-coms, reality is that romance is hard work. You gotta catch the butterflies, baby. They don't just fly into your net. (laughs) Romance is hard work. You wanna have real talk? If you don't work to date your spouse, the devil will find someone else who will. And I'm not like the shock factor sermon. I don't don't say that to uh, the the shock factor preacher. But that's real. That is so true. And I'm not trying to give the devil a platform. I'm trying to expose him. Because this is one of his number one MOs. Romance is work. Before me and Sam got married, I was so romantic. Because I worked at it. I planned so many of the world's most creative dates. I mean, I had like flowers and chocolates just coming out of my pockets, just left and right, and I was Ryan Gosling from the notebook, minus the muscles and the beard. And then we got married, and in the spirit of real talk, I've had many years where I have just worked less hard at romance because she's already mine. Commit to the romance, trying to help, especially some ladies in this room out today, husbands, Future husbands, it is a tale as old as time. Thank you, Mrs. Potts. (laughs) For husbands to retire our romance jerseys and hang them from the rafters of our man caves about three to five years into marriage. Do the work. Date your spouse. Passion takes pursuit. Romance takes a, a gritty commitment behind every fairy tale. On the surface is behind the scenes, a good fight still being fought every single day. And I've been praying in Jesus' name that some couples in this room would start getting some of that honeymoon passion back that you haven't had in far too long. In Jesus' name, I will pray that prayer for you every single day. Behind the happiness is is a lot of hard work. How about this? Behind the arriving is endless abiding. You ever look at a, a, a somebody that has like maybe the life you want and you think, man, that person has arrived. Whew. Just maybe they're famous or successful driving a Lambo. Is it still cool to say Lambo? <laughs> Nehemiah, was it ever? No. Was that Velvet Taco last night? There was a guy who got out of his Lamborghini in the street right in front of Velvet Taco and I thought, arrived? That guy has arrived. Remember when the hashtag relationship goals trended on social media a few years ago and people would post pictures and reels of the relationships they wanted one day and they would go in the, in the caption, they, in the comment section they would, they would comment, hashtag relationship goals. Just look up any picture that Ryan Reynolds posts of his wife Blake Lively and go to the comment section and you will just see endless comments. Hashtag relationship goals, hashtag winning at life, OMG the way he looks at her. Ladies, I'm sorry, that comment makes me cringe. Every step, oh my, OMG, the way he looks at her. I just, I can't do it. (laughs) They have, that's kind of the rom-com way of saying they've arrived. I look at Sean and Jill Johnson, the senior pastors of this church, and I think relationship goals. They have arrived. And you know what, maybe they have. But don't be fooled, behind the arriving is endless abiding. This is what Jesus said in John 15, four. Red letters in your Bible. Abide in me and I will abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So according to Jesus, he's trying to help us live lives of purpose on purpose. I think this goes way beyond salvation because if you go read the beginning of John 15, he'll say, hey, salvation is in my hands. Heaven forever, he's like, I- I've got that. But now speaking of, remember, forgiven is the starting line. Salvation is the starting line of this life of faith. You've got abundance and fullness of life of following Jesus in front of you that is anything but easy, but rich and worth it. And he's saying, if you wanna live a life on purpose, you wanna live a life that outlives you. You wanna wanna live a life that that leaves an impact and experience the fullness of everything I have for you, and you should, he put that in you. And according to Jesus, he's saying your, your impact and your purpose and your fullness and you living a fruitful future will all come down to your ability to do one word, abide. In fact, until you know how to abide, you'll never arrive. You'll just keep thinking, The magic you're looking for is in the next relationship over the next new horizon. It's in the next job. It's in the, oh, it's in the next city. It's in the next marriage. It's in the, until you get there and you don't know how to be there. Because you, I was gonna say you can't, but it's you won't abide. Gary Brugman is my counselor. Got two counselors. It's a window into my soul. And my really good friend. And he is a legend at Red Rocks and and a legend in his own family because he and his wife Eunice have been married for 55 years. Can we make some noise for that? That is so cool. Through ups and downs, through trials, through good seasons, through sickness and unemployment, through Gary and his jokes, Gary, I love you so much. (laughs) 55 years, how do you do that? You abide. That's it, I texted him last week. I needed some sermon content. Because I set out, you guys, I set out to write a dating message and got the holy hijack from the big man upstairs. It was almost like he was, hey, why do you need a dating message if there are so many commitment issues? Let's. What are, we, what are we doing here? Let's start here. That's so why I texted Gary. I said, Gary, tell me the secret. And he texted this back to me. The foundation of our marriage is love, faith, and commitment. You can love someone with all your heart and do your best to walk in faith, but without commitment, love and faith don't stand a chance. And the reason we are seeing less and less relational arriving in our generation, is because there are more and more commitment issues. Once again, this is a human thing. Human beings have always had a grass is greener mentality. But now, in 2023, that mentality is combining in the perfect storm. You've got the grass is greener mentality combining with a Tinder world of endless options. The grass is greener. And just like we kinda scroll through Instagram, we kinda scroll now through, through life, don't we? Scroll from church to church. As soon as I find one thing I didn't like, next one, scroll from job to job, scroll from city to city, scroll from hookup to hookup, scroll from relationship to relationship, looking for greener grass with in, infinite, endless options. And we follow the, the path of least resistance, don't we? That's why, like, if you, do, you, do you find yourself leaving every relationship in the same spot? As soon as that resistance it's, and if you don't press into it, that's how you grow. If you don't press into that, when you've got something good, you'll, you'll only ever grow to that amount of sacrifice. You'll only ever grow to that amount of vulnerability or that amount of commitment. Resistance is your friend. You, you, don't, get, you don't get stronger by bench pressing air. I wish you did. You need resistance to get stronger. And when you got something good, you need to bench it when everything in you wants to bail. Erwin McManus, great love can only be known with great commitment. Casanova was called the world's greatest lover because he slept with over 100 women. In no disrespect to Casanova, I know what our world values, but that doesn't make you a great lover. Think of it this way, not who you'd rather get happy hour with, but who you want your teenager talking to about love, Casanova or Gary? You think because you've loved 100 people 1% of the way, that you know what it means to love with 100% of your heart. And you don't because great love is only known with great commitment. So speaking about love and marriage and the baby carriage, speaking about love and greener grass and relationship goals, thank you Tim McGraw and Faith Hill for the inspiration to sing this point home. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I wanna live where the green grass grows. I'm done. Y'all don't want it. Watch my corn pop up in rows. Every night I'd be tucked in close to you. Razor, I'm done, I'm done. Not because I don't know that I have a phenomenal country singing voice, but I'm looking at the clock and we are making terrible time, okay? <laughs> Where does the green grass of relationships grow? Where you water it. The magic you're looking for is not over there trying to help somebody. It's in the ground planted beneath your feet. Abide and water it. Behind the arriving is endless abiding, amen? Behind the finished product is a lot of good potential. Oh, no. Johnny, you made the same mistake as I did when you made that graphic, because you'd think it'd be potential, don't you? Behind the finished product, though, is a lot of good patterns, patterns. The best dating advice I ever heard a pastor give was when Stephen Furtick said, don't look for potential, look for patterns, because his patterns, her patterns, your patterns will be the same patterns 10 years from now. They'll just be exaggerated. If your pattern today is greediness, your product then will be you, but greedier. If your pattern today is generosity, your product then will be you, but, but more generous. Look at the patterns. In a world that is obsessed with potential, I'm so tired of the word potential, especially in relationships. Oh my gosh, he's got so much potential, and if me and the Spirit just partner and make him our project, who he could maybe one day kinda sorta, hopefully potentially be. If, guys, you know who else has potential? Everybody else on this entire planet. God has put it in everybody, but it's your patterns that determine the product. Galatians 6, 7 through 8 in the message, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God or the systems he has pre-wired into the universe, i.e., what a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. And I'll have to show for his life is, is weeds, that's it. Bad seeds reap weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth in him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. Your bag of seeds that you've been given is your potential, but the ones you sow by your decisions and patterns, good or bad, <laughs> works both ways. I mean, guys, if she's bad, bad with money now not really kidding either. <laughs> Ladies, if he, if he talks to his mom like that now, if he talks to your server at the restaurant like that now, like I'm sorry, I just don't care about potential. Everybody's got it, big deal. I wanna start seeing like, I want patterns in my life. Patterns that lead to the finished product that I, that I want. The summer between my, my college graduation, this was 2010, I graduated college, had a whole summer before my first ministry internship. And I say it that way because I actually had four ministry internships, praise God. And me and my buddy Matt committed for the whole summer to work at the Denver Aquarium as the Stingray Boys. This is not a joke, this is a true story. And all day, every day, all we did was stand there and teach people how to pet the stingrays. Two fingers on the fence. Hey, hey, two fingers on the fence. So glad I have a degree. Don't touch the tails. There's a reason they're called stingrays. And the first first eight hour shift sucked, man. It was the longest. I mean, we clocked out. I remember getting in the car with Matt thinking, do you realize what we've done? Do you realize what we just committed to? We got in the car to drive home. We called Matt's dad on the drive home to tell him our sob story because I think we were kinda like trying to, to hope to get a, some like authority or, or some permission from an authority figure to quit. And um, I do need to, to make a balancing statement here because there are really good reasons to quit things and there are really good reasons to leave relationships. Most extreme circumstance, ladies, if he's hitting you or hurting you, Let's not call on God, let's call on the police and just get you out of that house like yesterday. There are good reasons to leave a relationship. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a posture. I'm talking about a a spirit. Because all throughout the Bible, God is constantly calling men and women into new things. And maybe maybe that's the season that you're in right now. All I'm saying, in the spirit of real talk, my generation overplays that card way overplays that card. We stamped God's name on it. And all all I'm saying, you can get really good at quitting stuff if you're not careful. Every decision you make today is a vote for who you're becoming tomorrow. Matt's dad said this to us over the phone. He said, hey guys, you don't need my permission to quit but you called me, and so for what it's worth, I don't think you need to stay because you can't make $10 an hour this summer doing something else. This summer's not about your work. This summer's about your word. And then he said, you need to stay because with every decision you make, you are either becoming men of commitment or men of convenience. I was so mad, I was so mad at him. So I learned a lot about fish that summer. (laughs) Made about $4,000, spent half of it on golf, saved the other half for my internship, but I took a big step out of commitment issues, talking patterns here, and a big step into commitment patterns. And you bring those patterns with you. It's kind of a message that applies to everything and anything. Levi Lusco once said, the ways you let in become the ways you are set in and eventually become the life you get stuck with. Remember as a kid, your mom would always say, hey, watch that frowny face, you don't want it to get stuck <laughs> that way. And you know what, studies are showing mom was right that you get either wrinkle lines or smile lines on your face depending on the facial expression you make most of the time. It's crazy how many people go from frowning to smiling when I say that. (laughs) Practice makes perfect, nope. Practice makes permanent. What are you practicing? Becoming a a man or woman of commitment or a man or woman of convenience with every decision that you make. That's why I, I don't care if you're single, dating, married, divorced, widowed, relationship or situationship, whatever it is. Like this applies to to every single one of us. Are you a person of commitment or a person of convenience? And you wanna know the easiest, best way to tell. How much is your word worth? Jesus said, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And I'm not even talking the big stuff and the marriage vows, because I think your word is only worth as much in the big things as it is in the small things. You tell that person you'll meet them for coffee and then you no show and you give some excuse. You RSVP yes for the Evite and they plan for you to be there and buy more food and then you, you don't go and you, you don't give it a second thought. Seems so small, but all seeds do. What if, what if from this moment on in the small things You commit to something, you give your word, and then let's say you wish you hadn't. What if still, because what happens here reflects everywhere and starts to grow, all seeds do. From that moment on, you had two options. I either go to that person and I ask them to release me, or I go, because I'm I'm a person of commitment. Behind the, Finished product is a lot of good patterns. And the Bible, and team, you can come up. See, the Bible has this word called covenant. Behind the commitment is, is a covenant. And it's different than a contract, because unlike contracts, covenants don't have conditions. In the Old Testament, when two people made a covenant, they would cut a literal bowl in half and they would walk through it seven times, seven being the number of completion and perfection, as if to say, if for whatever reason I break this covenant based on convenience, let whatever happened to this bowl happen to me. Seems so intense, but that's how, that's how serious they took making, making a covenant. That was the, the weightiness of it, the weightiness of standing up at the altar and saying your vows and saying your I do, should. I mean, we make that to be so picturesque and so pretty and it should be, but the weightiness of those words should feel more like somebody's like holding you up at gunpoint. Do you take her for better? I do. What about for worse? Yes, I Till death do us part, even in sickness and poor ideas. Like the weightiness of, I meant what I said. I wasn't messing around. I wasn't performing for a 100 of our closest friends and family. Like I'm not a person of, of convenience or comfort. I'm a person of commitment because I am a child of, of covenant. This is who I am. And I'm, I'm only kind of kidding about the gunpoint thing. I mean, husbands, Jesus said, die for your wives as he died for us. But our culture doesn't covenant anymore. We hook up, we test drive the car, we play house with each other. These are the patterns of the world that are creating pathways of commitment issues in our brains and reality is proving it. And if the world's way was working at all, (laughs) I wouldn't be up here saying this. I'd way rather tell you what you wanna hear I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this in a couple weeks, but I do, I've done a past, five pastoral meetings a week since 2010. I have a zero judgmental bones in my body because I know me. I love real talk, but I have a great pulse on our world. Um, if we did relationships God's way, your problems, our problems would decrease about 80%. (laughs) All the things stressing you out. Like I'd way rather tell you what you wanna hear, but this is not, this is like, I didn't write this. Romans 12 would say the same thing psychology today is saying, that even something like sleeping around before marriage is practicing having an affair one day Something like shacking up before marriage is rehearsing for a divorce one day because it's pre-wiring your brain with this exit door mindset. That, that when the going gets tough, I can leave. As soon as push comes to shove, if there's resistance, there's greener grass over the next horizon, your brain always looking forward to its next sexual partner. And I just, I don't say that to, to scare you or shock you. I say that because I love you and I've been commissioned by love to tell you the truth. And I love you too much to let you be discipled more by a Silicon Valley algorithm than by Jesus. When Jesus fed 5,000 people comfort food, they loved him for it. But the moment he confronted their convenience, specifically with their relationships, they left him. Let's picture Jesus watching thousands of people leave just going, you have no idea how much I'm trying to give to you, how much I want you to win at love, how much I want your relationships to thrive. You have no idea. I've got such good plans for you i just that's why i'm more committed to your character and commitment than i am to your convenience or comfort i do this my way and it's never too late to start because in the spirit of real talk there's only one reason any of us are here today you guys and that's because we have a god who made a covenant and truth be told, that covenant has been pretty inconvenient for him to keep. It's not convenient for Jesus to walk back into Jerusalem knowing a crucifixion is in his future, to own a trillion sins he never committed. One convenient for him to sweat drops of blood from the pressure in the garden while his best friends fell asleep on him. Not, com- not, not convenient to slowly suffocate till his final breath but, but that's what love does, you guys. Behind the scenes of love is a, a cross stained in blood. That we have a covenant-keeping God. We have a commitment-keeping God. We have a promise-keeping, vow-keeping God who has so much more for you than you could ever imagine that he does. Who is commissioning us to, to love each other with the same sort of fierce commitment that he pursues us with. Commissioned us to be lighthouses to a very dark world. He's saying your relationships, romantic, friendships, parenting, the way you love each other, the way you live out love in front of a watching world, in front of a dark world, that's my lighthouse to them. That's how the world will know. We should make the world wonder The way we love each other should demand an explanation from a watching world. Why do you do it so different? Why do you, what is it about you? What is it that you have? Who is it that you know? Well, let me tell you who I know. But even if I didn't tell you, you could see it in the way I love the people in my life. Will you guys stand? And so, guys, I've been praying all week. I'm like, Jesus, we got no space in this room for shame, no room for guilt, no room for doubt or fear or hopes that have been gotten down about the future of relationships that are in front of you. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, do you know what he can do in your marriage? God can raise Jesus from the dead? You know what he can do for your relationships? You know we live in a day and age where dead messiahs stand up and walk out of their tombs? Do you know what's possible for your relationships? How for you this God is, how much he wants you to thrive and win at love? And all he looks for is willingness. And if you got that, then I'm telling you this series could be your BCAD moment in thriving at the relationships in your life. Say, all right, God, as we worship you and sing to you about how you're the same God then as you are now and as you will always be, as we proclaim about your commitment to us, let that commitment get into my substance and I become more and more like that. Amen? So Holy Spirit, we love you. And in Jesus' name, shame be gone. And in Jesus' name, guilt be gone. And in Jesus' name, condemnation be gone. And in Jesus' name, let new vision and new hope fall onto every person beneath the sound of my voice. Remind us that our our fuel is grace. And because of grace, we fall forward. Because of grace, we step into the more you have for us give us some fresh vision help us to love each other the way you loved us for then the world will know in Jesus name